Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12, and the first part of verse 13 read, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain. Pastors must constantly be equipping, and every saint must constantly be seeking to be equipped. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as we dig deeper into the concept of equipping and being equipped in today's slice of this week's message entitled, Until We All Attain. And there's one more target of this array of ways to measure spiritual maturity. The measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Uh, the word measure is one of those Greek words that I'll, that I'll say because there is a, an English transliteration, a part of it. It's the word metron, from which we get our word metric. And I don't mean just a European way, European way of weighing things and measuring things. It means the, the measure of something. That's a good translation of it. You say, what are, the, well, what, what are the metrics for deciding if your product is a success or not? It describes the way to assess what something really is. Now, here we have the word stature that translates a word that means age, and it implies bodily size and height. People ought to be able to look at you and say, well, now that person has grown in the faith, a measure of spiritual maturity marked by development toward, and then here's a great phrase, the fullness of Christ. But now who wants to raise their hand and say, I have the fullness of Christ? Well, remember Paul's already and not yet? I'm already positionally perfect in Christ, but I'm not yet perfect in my practice, so I'm continuing to grow. But He's describing Christ-likeness. To be full of something means to be controlled by it. Just wait till we get to chapter 5 and you'll see the command to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. So he's saying here, people ought to be able to get a whiff of what Jesus is like by seeing your church interacting with each other. Or by seeing you interacting with someone and demonstrating the compassion and the truth of Christ. Now, no one can achieve absolute, perfect spiritual maturity in this life. But you sure can be growing, and you must be. Maturity is always relative because we won't be perfected until we're with Christ. But if we truly belong to Him... There should be this unquenchable desire. Lord, show me better what your word says. Lord, give me wisdom to see how better I can apply this. 
How can I serve you better next year than last year, this year than, than last year? Again, I would recommend consider Paul's example. Do you have any doubt? He was pretty mature in Christ when he wrote Ephesians. And he's certainly a good example to follow. He said, be followers of me as I am of Christ. But he also wrote a couple of passages with which you are familiar. And you have to always keep the balance. This same apostle wrote Romans 7. And in Romans 7 verse 14, he says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh, sold into bondage to sin. I'm still stuck here because he says in in verse 24, Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? I understand. I still battle against sin, but I stand complete in Christ. That's also in Romans, same book. And then, remember what we saw earlier? Take a bite from the middle of it again, Philippians 4, or Philippians rather 3, verses 14 and 15. I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. You're perfect in Christ, so press on to be more like Christ. That's what he's saying. Let your let your real life, let your practice of your faith ever be incrementally growing closer and closer to be more and more like who you are declared to be in Christ. You'll always be aware of the gap between and Jesus. For over a half century now, I've been walking with Christ. You know, I, I, I've gotten a little better at it. I, I've grown. Uh, I sin a lot less now than I used to, at least outwardly. Uh, when I sin, I sin less flagrantly than I used to before I knew Christ. But 50 years down the road, I am more acutely aware of my sin every day than I was on the first day that I knew the Lord. Oh, I, I, I love His grace, but now I look not just at how badly I've sinned compared to other people. I look at my heart, my desires, what's going on inside. Now, now I try to cut things off at the point of the, of the evil thought rather than giving voice to it, or taking action upon it. You understand? Always pressing on toward what you really are. And it's perfectly legitimate for a church to be evaluated by how good of a picture of Christ it is based on how the people are connected to each other. Is there real unity? Is there truth? Is there caring? Is there gentleness? Is there humility? Is there evangelism? Is there compassion? And it's perfectly legitimate to evaluate any person who professes Christ by that same standard. Now, we're not going to finish this marvelous sentence until next week, Lord willing. But I want you to notice verses 14, 15, and 16 in this passage that is thematically all about unity. These last three verses could very legitimately said to be describing the results of unity. 
We are to practice these things with all diligence, all the time. We're to keep going until we all attain, until we reach the, the, the stature of the fullness of Christ. And look at now what he's going to say needs to be happening to us. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. The more precise translation of the beginning of that verse, uh, it's reflected in the Legacy Standard Bible. It says, so that we are no longer to be children. We keep striving to, to attain so that we don't remain in the category of spiritual childhood. The word children here is literally infant. It means simple-minded or, or, or immature person, spiritually speaking. The, the, the root of the word means that which doesn't talk. Hey, it's a, it's a big day when your child begins forming words. What a great sign of development and, and cognition. That's exactly how we are spiritually. As we're better able to verbalize what we understand, we're growing. And so a child here, or children, would be um, someone who professes to be a Christian but can't yet explain what that means. It's the opposite of mature back in verse 13. So the rest of verse 14 is an illustration of spiritual immaturity. How can you tell someone is in the immature category? Well, tossed here and there by waves. You know, so often I say that uh, the joy and frustration of Thanksgiving, uh, of, uh, of translation, and one of the reasons to be thankful for good teachers is that Greek is so much more sophisticated than English. Tossed here and there by waves translates one Greek word. It comes from the realms of oceanography and navigation, and it's a metaphor for being agitated and confused mentally, where you can be blown one direction, blown another direction, bobbing up and down in the waves rather than setting your, your sights on the point that you want to achieve. Carried about is, is another Greek word that implies being carried around in circles. And the word doctrine means systematic teaching. So anyone who is easily influenced to change his or her mind on issues of basic Bible teaching is immature. Do you remember that earlier in this chapter, Paul made a big deal about the unity of the faith specifically, and he gave seven absolutely essential, non-negotiable doctrines about which you ought to be able to ask any Christian and get exactly the same answer from exactly the same Bible. We have to be committed to this, and if you can be blown around on those things, that's immaturity. We need to be able to stand up to those things, and my friends, I'm sorry to say, but the, the church in America is woefully susceptible to fads of doctrine. And so many have blown through just way too many to count. I am really happy to say that this year, I have not yet had somebody bring me a book and say, this is revolutionary. Have you read this, Pastor? It is only January 2nd, and not a lot of books are released on New Year's Day. That goes on 
all the time. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.